Books are a uniquely magical doorway beyond the things we know. Reading allows us to live a thousand lives, sending us soaring into the world outside of ourselves, not to escape, but to survive. For it is often said that the greatest secrets seem to be found in the most unlikely places. Welcome to the podcast, Books Are Magical. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Books Are Magical podcast. I am Rachel, and with me, as always, is my lovely and amazing co-host, Annalisha. Hi, everybody. I hope everyone's having a lovely day. How are you doing, Rachel? I am doing pretty good. I think we're just now getting into May, and May is my birthday month. So Same. Um, I celebrate the whole month for my birthday, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, you got to a little bit. Like you got you got to celebrate yourself when you can. Amen. Yeah, I know your birthday's in May and your mom's birthday is in May as well, right? It is. It is. It is a month of birthdays in May. And it's my birthday towards the end of the month and my son's birthday is just 2 days before mine. So He's a Taurus, I'm a Gemini, so <laughs> So um, just watch out. He will probably be stubborn and bullheaded and but very loving. Girl, that is my son. He is so stubborn. But then again, he's also a toddler. What toddler isn't stubborn, but he is the he loves his mama. Uh, What they say about boys loving their mamas is so true. I, I love it. I love being a boy mom. I'm sure girls are great, too. Girls are awesome. Girl power. Love females. But um I do have to say, I think I was made to be a boy mom because I just soak up those hugs all day long. All right. Well, <laughs> speaking of hugs and love, today we are covering The Comeback by Lily Chu. And here are some Goodreads statistics. It currently has an average of 3.80 stars. The paperback will be 400 pages and it will be published on May the 9th, 2023. Of course, that might change. We're actually recording this the week of Valentine's Day. I actually read this book last week because I was looking at my TBR. We just received approval from NetGalley and the publisher. So thank you, publisher. Thank you, NetGalley, for giving us this arc. This is our review based on our honest opinions. We didn't receive anything besides a free copy of the book. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I was looking at my TBR and I've just been reading a lot of heavy stuff lately. And I was like, I just want a happy romance. And this delivered girl. I loved it. You know, also something I did, which I never do. What did you do? I found out that this book was actually released on Audible last year. So I read like the first two or three chapters to kind of sink myself into the book to kind of become acquainted with the characters. I listened to, I would say, 90% of this book on audiobook. Oh, wow. Are you proud of me? I am so proud of you. And what (laughs) did you think of listening to it versus physically reading it? I loved it. I think... A romance would be absolutely perfect for audiobooks. If you're someone like me who really struggles with them, I just felt like I was able to get on with the plot. I'm not saying this book isn't complicated. That's not what I'm saying. But with like fantasy books, there's a lot of maps and a lot of complicated names and all these sorts of things. And I feel like when I'm reading that type of genre, I need words on the page. Whereas I feel like the romance, it really focuses more on the plot And I was really able to get swept up in this story. And boy, did it sweep me up. I 
absolutely loved it. I don't see how it only has 3.80 stars. It was also voiced by or narrated by Philippa Sue, who played Eliza Hamilton in Hamilton. I don't know if you watched on Disney Plus. I did. I definitely did when it came out because I could not pay the prices when I lived in LA or not in LA, but in Chicago to go and see it. I wish I could have, but I just didn't have that opportunity. However, I did watch it when it came out on Disney Plus. I just saw an ad. Atlanta's off-Broadway production was just released. And I think Hamilton is coming like late summer. Do you want to go see Hamilton with me if we can afford the tickets? <laughs> Definitely. Let's look into it. Because actually Atlanta's got a lot of stuff coming this summer that I'm looking forward to. So I've already got Fallout Boy on my list for July. Nice. Uh, Fallout Boy with um, Bring Me the Horizon. And then uh, another another actually throwback to the 2000s, if anybody likes kind of that emo punk sort of music, Yellow Card, Anne Berlin, Mayday <gasps> Yellow <Day>. Card. <laughs> in July. So <laughs> I will definitely be over in Atlanta quite a bit this summer. Awesome. Well, definitely. We'll look at ticket prices and see if we can afford it for sure. So um, I just thought Philip Pissou did a, a knockup bang up job of narrating this book. It was just amazing, a great experience for me. And I'm definitely going to read her other book, The Stand-In. I went ahead and purchased it for my Kindle so I could read it going down the road. And it was also, I think, free if you're an Audible subscriber, at least for now it is in February. So I'm going to try listening to that one as well and seeing how it goes. See if I become a full-time audiobook lady. So is the stand-in in the same, is it a series or is it? A, are they standalones? They're supposed to be standalones. Uh, it kind of has, oddly enough, a very similar premise. If I recall correctly, the stand-in is someone who becomes like a body double for a famous actress, if I okay. recall correctly, from reading the blurb last week. The comeback, well, I'm about to give you the blurb for that. So hold on to your hat, sister. All right. So here's the Goodreads blurb to tell you what this book is about. Ariadne Hue thrives on routine. So what if everything in her life is planned down to the minute? That's the way she likes it. If she's going to make partner in Toronto's most prestigious law firm, she needs to stay focused at all times. But when she comes home after yet another soul-sucking day to find an unfamiliar, gorgeous man camped out in her living room, focus is the last thing on her mind, especially when her roommate explains this is Chue Jihoon, her cousin freshly arrived from Seoul to mend a broken heart. He just needs a few weeks to rest and heal. Ari will barely even know he's there. Yeah, right. Jihoon is kindness and chaos personified, and it isn't long before she's falling. Hard. But when one wrong step leads to a world-shaking truth, Ari finds herself thrust onto the world stage. Not as the competent, steely lawyer she's fought so hard to become. But as the mystery woman on the arm of a man, the entire world claims to know. Now with her heart, her future, and her sense of self on the line, Ari will have to cut through all the pretty lies to find the truth of her relationship and discover the Ariadne way she's finally ready to be. All right. If you really like the mistaken identity trope, I think this would be a great one for you. So basically, Ariadne is a lawyer. She's extremely hardworking. Her dad is also a lawyer. He works in family law. It seems like she works more in like business law. She basically is married to her job. All She doesn't have time for boys or romance. She doesn't have time for anything outside of her best friend. 
and her mom and dad, she goes visits every week and her, her job, that's it. That's all for her. The only time that she has time to fall in love is when there's this guy forced on her couch in her apartment and she gets to know him slowly and they eventually fall in love, but she doesn't know that he is a mega superstar celebrity and he is an idol in a K-pop band. So I need to know, Rachel, do you like K-pop? I do like K-pop actually. Uh, Blackpink and BTS are uh, really, really good. And I'm so glad that that genre is finding its way over here and finding like a little foothold because it's just, it's fun, it's high energy, it's dancey, and well, I'm a big anime fan in general, so the music mm-hmm. kind of sometimes reminds me of anime openings or what have you, or fight scenes, and I just, I love that. I don't know, there's just something that I just super enjoy about that sort of music, so. Awesome. It, My husband loves BTS, and he used to play it around the house while he's making dinner and things like that, and so I, I started listening to BTS hard as I was reading this book, because I was enjoying it. I was like, I need to know more about this world. And so I've been singing like smooth, like butter. (laughs) It's like, I've just been going around the house doing that. And I think I'm about to drive everyone crazy here. Even my dog, he's like, okay, how many times can you sing that song? That's okay. Like I said, (laughs) there is something about the musical makeup of those songs that it, kind of is feel good like I don't know it just it puts me in a good mood I don't even really Mm -hmm. like sometimes I do and sometimes I don't really know what they're saying but it really doesn't matter because there's something about the vibe that clicks with me so I (laughs) I'm a fan yes I think I'm becoming a fan too Blackpink okay I'm gonna check them out are they like as big and famous as BTS you're getting there I think from what I'm to understand so is Blackpink are they a boy group or a girl group (laughs) The female group. Okay. Awesome. I'll have to check them out. This is bringing me back to the 90s. So I got to know, were you an NSYNC girl or Backstreet Boys girl? I had my favorite in each band. Um, I think I saw NSYNC in concert three times. I think I saw Backstreet Boys twice. Nice. So... I uh, I really, really wanted to see, I don't even know if Backstreet Boys are still in Vegas, but I wanted to see them when they had residency out there, but I didn't, sadly. Yeah, I was an NSYNC girl. I do have to say I had a lot of their CDs. Um, my favorite was Lance Bass. I just, he had a really cool voice. I couldn't even tell you any of the members of Backstreet Boys. Uh, Nick Carter, was he the lead singer, I think? He was one of them. He was what they called like the teen heartthrob because there was oh, yeah. there was always that like kind of the stereotype. Like they each had to fit a little niche. Like there was the bad boy and there's the guy next door. And then there's like the big brother. And then there's, you know, like they. <laughs> so in NSYNC, mine was JC, but in Backstreet Boys, mine was Brian. Those were cool. my two. Those were my two like I, boy band crushes, I guess. I was never really into some of the other ones, uh, like O Town and Ninety Eight Degrees. Yeah, I mean Ninety Eight Degrees was like fine, but uh, I didn't actually. I think I remembered them opening for Backstreet Boys, but anyway, awesome. I think Flex. I, <laughs> I saw Brittany and Mandy Moore both open for NSYNC and or Backstreet Boys. So holy uh, moly, that is awesome. That is a once in a lifetime experience. I yeah. love Mandy Moore. She is so precious. She seems like someone you could hang out with. I'm not normally someone who idolizes celebrities or really even follows them, but she just seems so kind and 
personable. All right. Well, back to the book. What you were saying about how like with NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, each one had like a personality or a niche or a role that they fulfilled. Yeah. I didn't notice about K-pop, but it's very similar over there. So Jihoon is known as like the hot one, like the hot, sexy one okay. that everyone like, like, heart crushes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So she's like, man, there's this gorgeous guy living in my living room. I mean, what single lady wouldn't want to wake up to that every morning? I'm just saying. Right? But Ariadne, she is all about work. So she's like, what are you doing? I'm not going to be able to focus. So there's like this random dude on my couch. And she calls Hannah, her best friend. They've been like besties forever. And she's like, oh, that's my cousin. He's getting over a really bad breakup. He's just going to couch surf for a little while. He just wants to lay low. And, you know, but don't tell anyone he's there. And he's really super secretive. Like he's always wearing like a face mask and he's wearing his ball cap down low. And, and at first, you know, maybe she thinks, oh, COVID or you just like to wear hats. But it turns out that he is famous. And yeah, super duper famous. So I, I don't want to, I'm not going to go through and spoil everything because that would take the joy and fun out of experiencing this novel for yourself. But I'm going to share some of the things I really loved. Okay. So I loved how Jihoon isn't afraid of bending the gender norms. Like he likes to dye his hair blue and he's just a really fun guy. He wears makeup. He enjoys fashion. I really loved how Jihoon opens up over the course of the novel. At first, he's just this like shell and he's really upset and kind of withdrawn. And that's because, you know, he's been going through some tough times with his bandmates and they've been experiencing things. That's like the breakup that they're talking about. And of course, Ariadne assumes that it's a girl, but it's, it's his band. (laughs) feel like a really intense relationship. I mean, you like you got to commit with these people. Like you are in a committed relationship with these people. Like I can yeah. only So I was as I was reading the book, it really did a great job of peeling back the layers of idol culture. They're called idols over there. I didn't know that. I learned that. They they practice their choreography, their songs, their songwriting. They do this like 16 hours a day, every day. And I think in this book, they had been together for like eight or nine years or something like that. Can you imagine? I mean, just never having a break. You're never really allowed to date unless the studio approves of it because the female fans want to see you as available and as a crush. They're not allowed to have their own lives or family and their loved ones always have to have security around them because there's crazy stalkers. Like it's insane. I, I, mean, I you could not pay me to to be no. that famous. I don't think I would want to be that famous either. Um, also, just from what I think I feel like I heard somewhere about like K-pop idols is they they start like super young too. Like they are usually on a super restrictive diet with their like fitness regimens and dance regimens and they usually start pretty darn young. Yeah. Um, and they will get plastic surgery to make sure they fit a look. Like that might not be referenced in the book, but from what I'm to understand is you gotta look flawless. And so they will they are not above plastic surgery to make sure those people are like looking like idols. And I have nothing against plastic surgery. Like if that helps your self-esteem or basically makes your body the way it looks, go the way you want to look, go for it. But it's also, what if they don't want the plastic surgery? What if they're fine with the way they naturally age? Like that, that makes me kind of sad to hear that. 
Yeah, no, I, it makes me, it made, I think that was why it kind of hit me kind of wrong because it sounded like it was part of the job that if your nose was slightly too big, but you wanted this job that you were going to have to fix it. You were oh going to fix And I was like, wow, that sounds harsh. Uh, let's, let's maybe not go there. <laughs> yeah. And just never being allowed to make a mistake, always being on for the cameras. I can't imagine what kind of toll that would take on your mental health. No, thank you. Is all I can say, especially as I was reading this. Um, I was like, well, I'm glad I'm not in a K-pop band. Is all I can say, I mean, I'm glad they do it because their music is amazing and I'm sure they love what they do. I hope they love what they do. I do too. Um, I hope they love it. Yeah. It's just, man, you'd have to make a lot of sacrifices. And we really see that in this book, the sacrifice a, a celebrity has to make in order to have that fame and fortune. So like I said, he's really super closed off at first because he doesn't know that she, he doesn't know that she doesn't know that he's famous and he's used to everyone just wanting stuff from him or wanting an interview or, you know, getting something from him. And so he's not used to someone treating him like a normal person. And so he really falls hard. He falls hard um, in love with her because he hasn't had anyone just treat him like a human being in years like that. Like I said, K-pop, I knew it was big. I had no idea how big it is, how much of a toll it takes on their personal lives. And something else I learned, they always have to be there for their fans. Like they are constantly either live streaming or on social media like in this this band that he's in, you they're constantly having to be on for their fans, answering questions, um, doing interviews, things like that. Like that would oh, be crazy. Wow. Like they never sleep. Yeah. No. Like like come on, give me. I, I need I need some me time. I need to not be connected to anybody. Sometimes, like sometimes, I just need Rachel space, and I just. <laughs> I'm the same way. I would not be able to deal with that. Like I would go crazy. I, I, I'm glad that was not a career choice for me when I was coming up. Oh, but also like when I was like in high school and in college, being an influencer was not a career choice. Uh, being a professional gamer was not a yeah. career choice. Like things have I changed since the nineties. It's there, there have been some things that have really changed. Cause I feel like the thing that was like the epitome of, um, you know, career objectives was like marine biologist or yes. like forensic scientist or, you know, like it was like, or astrophysicist, like, of course, which is all, all of them are still very, very cool. Yes. But I, I feel like those were marketed towards me far more than uh, because social media Okay, during my time, because of course I've just told you, I saw Backstreet Boys and NSYNC in concert several times, uh, kind of tells you maybe where I am in age, but I think we've kind of referenced it anyway, that I am a millennial. I didn't take my first computer typing course in high school until like my junior year. Mm -hmm. But I remember like in elementary school playing like Oregon Trail and stuff like that and Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune and... I mean, pixelated and it was like really C colon backslash backslash. I mean, you, yes, <laughs> you had to know the pathway to get to it. We did not have icons to click on. <laughs> yes. Did you ever die of dysentery? 
Oh, 100%. I feel like I was always <laughs> dying or breaking a leg or drowning in yes. or something. <laughs> I, I drowned my mules so many times because uh, that was considered an educational experience, which in a way it was. So we had Oregon Trail Fridays where we got like to play Oregon Trail every 30 minutes. <laughs> and that was like the highlight of our week. <laughs> and we would bring a quarter and we could go and get a knee high out of the out of the RC Cola machine. If you're not a Southerner, you do not know what RC Cola is. And I am so sorry because hot take, I think RC Cola is better than Coke. Well, then when you said knee high, peach was my all time favorite until I could not (gasps) find it anymore. The peach knee high was like literally the best drink I could get my hands on. Loved (sighs) it. If you ever find a knee-high grape, call me, text me. I haven't had a knee-high grape in so long because you can't find them anymore. No, I know. No, I I know. know. Heck, I remember back in the early 2000s, there was a drink called Orbs. And it just was literally like these little, it was like drinking bubble. I remember those. And it was delicious, but it only had a very, like, they came and went pretty quickly, but yes. man, those things were so good. And I'm like, as popular as boba tea is right now, people would love the heck out of They would go nuts. Again. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know how we got off on talking about all of this stuff, but I enjoyed it because it <laughs> definitely brings me back. I think that we're talking about the idols and how like, you know, um, then we kind of were referencing back to our idols and like, yes. the ones we had like kind of during our formative years. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and Oregon Trail was a big part of that. Um, I really love the parts of this book that took place in Korea. I'm telling you, whenever... I hit the lottery. I am traveling across the world. I'm going to spend like two weeks in Seoul just for the food. And because I'm going to win the mega millions, you're coming with me. And we are just going to, we're going to go eat street food for two weeks straight. I love it. I will be fat and happy and it'll be great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We aren't counting calories. <laughs> walking a whole bunch anyway. So maybe we can walk it off pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the descriptions of these food items. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. I was reading this book. So I, there were a lot of things I really enjoyed. There were a couple things. I gave this a 4.5. As I was reading it, I was like, this is going to be a 5.0 stars for sure. But as I was reading it, I was like, as it kind of got towards the end, there were a couple things that happened. I'm not going to spoil it. But if you read it, you'll know what I'm talking about. I really don't like how that final twist was resolved between Jihoon and Ari. I was left kind of feeling like, what the fuck? Like, what the hell? Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, So I felt a little uneasy about how things were kind of left. And Ariadne really started to get on my nerves. It's like, girl, get out of your own way. You are the obstacle for your own happiness. It's always so funny how we can see other people's problems, but we can never see our own. So I'm sure people look at my life and they're like, oh gosh, if Annalisa could just see, you know, she would have this great life. We're too emotionally connected to the things that are happening to us that we can't see it from that unbiased perspective. Exactly. It's the emotions that blind us usually more than anything. Uh, I think in that way, that's why an outsider can usually see it a little better. So exactly, exactly. Because we don't have that perspective for ourselves and for our loved ones, for sure. But yeah, she just would not. I was like, girl, I was like, I started playing the tiniest violin. You're whining too much. You deserve happiness. Just get out of your own way. That's what I just kept on thinking as I was reading this book. 
And that's why kind of towards the last, the last 15% of this book, I wasn't the biggest fan. I just, I I still liked it. Obviously I, I gave it a 4.5 on Storygraph. I think I gave it a 4.0 on Goodreads, but I don't know, man, the first, um, first like 85% amazing. Perfect. And I still really enjoyed it. And if you like romance, if this sounds like something you enjoy, if you like K-pop, if you like learning about different cultures, because a lot of South Korean culture is referenced in this book, this is a great book for you. Just go check it out. Well, after hearing your review on this and after reading The Sun is Also a Star in February for the month of romance in February, I, um, I've kind of told myself that I would like to maybe give love slash romance books a little bit more of a chance. So um, I'm trying to convince myself that one a month will not do my soul terribly. Um, maybe I need a little bit more hope that I've been, than I've been giving myself. Because uh, <laughs> um, I do feel like I had kind of closed myself off to it a little bit. And that's, that's not the way to approach things. And I know that. And honestly, a different book has kind of helped me be like, you know what? I shouldn't avoid it. Um, I should work through it. And you know what? After reading The Sun is Also a Star, I, um, and I closed that book feeling happy and kind of giddy and kind of in a positive mindset. And so if other books are going to give me sort of the same little feels like that, then I should definitely be giving more of them a chance. Yeah. And right now, when I was listening to this book, it was free if you have an Audible subscription. So you should give it, you should really listen to it maybe as you're driving back and forth to work because it's so fun. And I thought Philippa Sue just did an amazing, amazing job voicing this, this audiobook. And she also voices the stand-in. So that's going to be my next audiobook. So I need to plan a road trip (laughs) just so I can have time to listen to this book. I'm waiting for you to read The Sun is Also a Star and tell me what you think because I need your review. I was thinking about that book the other day uh, and I was like, you know what? I think I might use one of my credits on Audible on that. I feel like that would be a great Audible book for me as I'm trying to get more into audiobooks. I also put it on my wish list. So maybe my husband will see it because, you know, I've got Mother's Day coming up in May. I've got my birthday coming up in May. He usually showers me in books for those two holidays. That's usually when I get the most books. So I like have recently added a ton of books onto my wish list. So fingers crossed. Well, I will know. You may need to share your wish list. So uh, oh, same. Also, uh, purchase or procure literary additions to your library. Well, same seas, same seas. I'll give you yours if you give me mine. Do I'll do it absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, audience, for listening to us. We really hope you give this book a chance. It was so lighthearted, so fun, so refreshing. If you're in a reading slump, I think this is a book that could really get you out of it. And until next time, may your TBR be many and your DNS be few. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this journey, and we'll see you on the next page.